0: destroy Hotline. Alicia. Michael. What's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full.
1: Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on the zebra shirt and just go out there?
0: Scratch. Claw. Up against the wall. Can't
1: explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that way.
0: line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again, year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 408, coming to you on Wednesday, May 5th. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football and so much more here on the podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, Facebook Facebook.com. Slash Reign of Troy, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play. Wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash of Troy. Our email address is RainofTroyAfanside.com and our phone number is 213-373-1USC Show. Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, journal, with my co-host, Alicia Deratola. Hey, hello, everybody. Hello, Alicia. It is time to talk. Draft? NFL draft?
1: Yes. Was was this a question?
0: Eh, maybe. I mean I mean the spring camp is over. I, I feel like it it ended just as quickly as it came. It was uh, weird
1: that it continued on for two weeks after the spring game. Right?
0: It was a anticlimactic ending in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Ended on Friday on top of that?
1: Yeah, it was it was just all around odd.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh SC is done with football for the uh school year uh until they won't be back on the field until summer workouts uh there was the NFL draft over the weekend we're going to talk about that uh and so much more uh here on the episode but i'm bummed because now we go into the doldrums of the off season uh may and june tend to be the worst months for College football content. I, I shouldn't be telling this to people because people are going to be like, "Oh, so we can not listen to the next two months." But that's not true. You you have to listen to us.
1: Well, we find interesting things to talk about. Maybe more interesting than the twenty twenty one Trojans, if we're I mean, being that's a good honest, point.
0: <laughs> and perhaps more interesting than twenty twenty and twenty nineteen, and so
1: well, on. definitely more interesting than twenty eighteen. So,
0: oh, that well, we'll twenty ten, we've established twenty ten
1: is the most forgettable of all the, the most uh...
0: forgettable usc campaign yeah. of all time
1: yeah at least 2018 was bad enough to be memorable
0: what was sc's record in 2010
1: like eight and five or
0: seven it is it was eight and five yeah yeah eight and five yeah do you know why i was eight and five
1: was that the year that usc lost to arizona on homecoming
0: they played uh hawaii so
1: oh it was right. 13 games, games, even though they games. had the bowl ban yeah yeah yeah
0: eight and five who was a quarterback for hawaii at the time
1: you know That guy, Moniz. Oh yes,
0: (laughs) sure. That guy,
1: just like I said. I feel
0: like Hawaii's had memorable quarterbacks. Timmy Chang. Yeah. uh,
1: What's his uh, face? Colt Brennan. Brennan. Yeah, that's the guy. Uh,
0: The most recent one was what? what, McDonald.
1: Sure. Yes. That that dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with
0: with the arches, McDonald. Good nugs. Yeah. Good nugs. Mm -hmm. Which leads us into talking about our sponsor. The worldwide leader in trimming your nugs, Manscaped, which has breaking news, Alicia, breaking news. Breaking and exciting news. Breaking news. Manscaped has gone balls to the wall with their new trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. It's got ceramic blades. It's got skin-safe technology. You're not going to nick your nards. I mean, it's breaking
1: news, but it's not breaking skin.
0: It's technology that you would think like Elon Musk would have put money into. Like Dogecoin. Take your win earnings from Dogecoin. I I could
1: literally take my earnings from Dogecoin and put it in manscaped. And put it into Manscaped. Exactly.
0: Because the Rotbots get 20% off in free shipping with using the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code fansided20. Unlock your confidence. And always, always, always use the right tools.
1: Got to be good to the nuggets.
0: Yeah. Heck, you can even dunk them with Manscaped.
1: Dunk them into the Crop Preserver anti-chafing deodorant?
0: That's right, yeah. That's another Manscaped product. Mm Manscaped.com. Get 20% off with fan-sided 20% uh, 20 off and free shipping to all the Rotbots out there uh, and keep your nuggets uh, crispy. Crispy? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's the word to use, but uh, yeah, smooth. Keep them smooth. Well, uh, we I think we've we've run this analogy into the ground, Michael.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, all right. We can only do so much. Let's just get to the news. All right, Alicia. As we talked about at the top of the show, spring camp is all over for USC. Which means we have to talk about other things like the transfer portal. It's transfer portal season once again on campus. I uh, guess not on campus in this instance, most of these things. We know that Caleb Tremblay went into the transfer portal a couple weeks ago. Now we learn he is headed to be a Tennessee volunteer.
1: Tennessee is the new Illinois. Is it? And USC is the new Texas? Sure. It's just the way these things are going it's uh it's it's funny the if you follow all the transfer portal stuff you'll see that there's just patterns like you get a group of guys from one school that end up in another school like a bunch of guys from USC Velas Jones Caleb drumlay it happened with Illinois with Willa batiku and um Trayvon Sydney and Joshua Mabebe it just we're seeing yeah, and Daniel Matareve, yeah. yeah. A
0: couple of assistants, too.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I think this is just the way of the world, is that you're not just getting one transfer, you're getting the possibility of others. And, uh, and yeah, so Caleb is going to see what he can do in his uh, last year of eligibility at Tennessee and just, you know, wish him well. The, the good news for USC is is that they, this spring, really seem to identify some really bright, young defensive linemen that will help make it less noticeable that Caleb Tremblay isn't there. Now, Caleb Tremblay was a nice veteran presence, but he was he's dealt with a lot of injury problems, so availability wasn't his best trait. And I think that there's the potential that someone like Jamar S- Sacona, someone like Kobe Pepe, someone like um Tupelotu for for certain,
0: Dejon Benton,
1: Dejon Benton, that those guys can can have higher ceilings and so I think it works out for USC and we'll see if it works out for Caleb Tremblay. He's going to a defense that needs a ton of help so you know.
0: Yeah for sure we'll, we'll see what happens to him. Wish him the best of luck and then there's Mooney McLean uh, who re-enters the portal. He had been in the portal. He had come out of the portal. We know that he missed last season he was suspended. Um, I would guess maybe. I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much but he could go to Jacksonville State, um, sorry, Jackson State, uh, to play with his brother again uh, down in Alabama with uh, Deion Sanders. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's
1: entirely possible. He might not have been in the transfer portal, but I think we all knew that he wasn't going to be playing for USC again. So this is uh, new news, but kind of old news as well. So, again, you just got to wish him the best and, and hope that things work out for him in the long run.
0: Yeah, 100%. And then there's Malcolm Epps, who is doing the inverse. Uh, he is coming to USC from Texas. Yet another Texas transfer. We've talked about them before. Keontae Ingram, Xavier Alford, uh, Bru McCoy. Yeah, uh, there, there's, there's been yeah. a ton. Uh, a I mean, the coaching staff. Yeah, the coaching <laughs> Well, we talked about the coaching staff. And think about it. Why was Illinois a pipeline from USC? Because Conor Hudson went there. Yeah. He left SC. He went there. Uh, there was a defensive line, uh, GA who entered. I up think Austin the, Clark was Austin, also Austin Clark. I couldn't yeah. remember his name. Yeah. Uh, and then why why did Vailis Jones go to Tennessee? Because of T. Martin. Yeah. So coaches move, and then players move with the coaches. And you see that with SC hiring a bunch of Texas guys, and then lo and behold, SC becomes a landing spot for uh, Texas transfers like Malcolm Epps, who is a six foot six, two hundred and fifty pound tight end. Uh, he's the number 227 prospect in the 2018 class, according to 24-7 Sports. He caught 24 passes for 292 yards and four TDs in 24 games, seven of them being starts for the Texas Longhorns.
1: Yeah, so this is interesting because he is a, a pass-catching tight end. Uh, he came out of high school sort of as one of those guys who's he's more receiver than a tight end, and it's just another sign that that I think USC has a plan at tight end. I will believe that this is going to work out when I see it, uh, in the sense that like we've we've seen USC have too many too much potential at tight end, and then none of it really result in in much sort of game-changing uh in in game-changing aspects for the offense they clearly have an idea here of getting in guys who can be pass catching threats in this air raid offense will that come to pass I don't know but that's what this guy that's that's what Malcolm Epps is going to come to USC to do now I thought it was really interesting when this news came out We had people in our mentions on Twitter talking about how, why would you transfer to USC if you're a tight end? Don't you see that USC never throws to their tight ends? Well, swap over to Texas's stat sheet over the last, you know, three, four years, and they don't throw the tight end either. (laughs) So, you know, it's, I think, I think that uh, we sort of lose sight of how rare, really, 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 really productive tight ends are, that a lot of programs don't get that much out of their tight ends, especially programs that... Have good wide receivers like Texas has had some really stellar wide receivers in the last couple of years, um, and that's just a reality. So it, it'll be interesting to see if USC can carve out a role for him, Michael Trigg coming in, uh, Jude Wolf or, or Ethan Ray or Josh Follow or you know Eric Romanhoek or, or anybody else who's currently on the roster. But there is more depth there, I suppose. I mean, the thing about USC's tight end group is I talked about availability not being Caleb Tremblay's best trait, like. USC's tight ends are constantly injured all of them constantly injured never available so you know Malcolm Epps might end up seeing a lot of playing time just by default if uh, if the injury track record holds up and we'll see what he has when he when he gets in there but uh, we'll have to wait until fall to understand if if this is a, a player who's just going to be depth or if this is going to be a player who really takes over the role and and uh becomes a, a, a mainstay for USC's offense.
0: Yeah, I, w- I wanna see what happens there. I want to see what happens with Malcolm Epps on the roster, what happens to all the other tight ends, because there's a million of those guys. Uh they they can all ride the pine, right? Like someone's gotta play. Um we know that uh Graham Harrell has talked about a lot of depth and wanting the receivers and the tight ends to all get a chance and uh, I wanna say a couple years ago we talked about having fifteen receivers uh, we thought he meant receivers and tight ends combined. Well, you look at SC's roster, the more they add bodies, uh, the more they're getting there, especially with so many tight ends, uh, as you mentioned, going down that list. Uh, let's talk about the team as a whole. Uh, ESPN's uh, Mark Slaybaugh put out the post-spring top 25. SC coming in at a cool number 13, up from being ranked ninth in the way-too-early rankings at the end of the season, uh, back in January, I, I thought the the outlook was interesting here from Slayball in which he says, "quote The Trojans might have one of the better rosters in the Pac twelve, but if they can't block, it might not matter." And my God, you could put that statement about every USC team in my entire life, uh, and it would ring true.
1: Well, I think it's a great summation of of sort of the way to look at this USC team going going into the season, right? Uh, they have a ton of talent at wide receiver. They have a quarterback. They have talent at running back, too. Uh, we just talked about the fact that they've added some really intriguing talent at tight end. But it all comes down to an offensive line that I I don't trust. I don't know if you trust it, but I think there's a lot of reason to be skeptical. And, you know, the last couple of years, USC has had... Austin Jackson or Elijah Vera Tucker as the guys that you said, okay, they these guys have pure talent that will get the job done. And this year, I think you sort of go into it and say, well, all right, you're bringing back four veteran starters, but none of those veteran starters have very good tape from last year. Uh, and you're adding a first-time starter at left tackle to protect Keaton Slovis' blind side. I mean, Cortland Ford might have potential, but this is some serious uh, risk that USC is taking there uh, on an offensive line that I didn't trust. I don't trust the veterans, so how am I supposed to trust the young guy too? Like, it's 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 a it's concerning, I think, to say the least.
0: Yeah, you say that there's no tape, and I think that's the interesting part too, because. You you read what Slaybaugh writes on ESPN, and I encourage you guys to go read the entire thing. But he mentions the the spring game statistics, things like USC's quarterbacks were sacked eight times in the spring game, including six before halftime. Now, okay, I think it's difficult for national media to really write about spring because you're you're just looking at headlines for the most part. You're just seeing the spring game. You're not able to go to all these things. Mm-hmm. And the problem for SC is that the spring game tape is bad. It's bad. It's real bad. And, again, it stems from what we talked about, where they took the roster and they split it up, and you had everything out of sorts on the offensive line. Had Gino had is getting the first-team reps alongside, uh, was it uh, Millick at, yeah. at center? On, yeah, and Voorhees or,
1: was at tackle. Yeah. And, Casey Collier, Cortland Ford wasn't there. Right. Um, it was a mess. It, and it was a it was a mess. Th- that
0: was the first team line.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was a mess to the point where, like, I don't know that it told us anything.
0: Exactly. But and
1: a- and I guess that's a positive it, in the sense that like what it, we saw might you're... just be a fa- a factor of the well, mess that that was.
0: It, it, it's two things, right? One, I don't think that game was indicative of anything. On one hand. Because the personnel groupings we saw there we'll never ever see again, and so of course the quarterbacks are sacked big times. Uh, of of course, when 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 you look at it, Miller Moss had no chance. But at the same point, the offensive line is absolutely the problem. The offensive line is absolutely something you can't trust. I just know. I just don't think the spring game is the evidence for that. Everything else right. is the evidence for that, and the the other evidence all points to the same thing, just maybe not in the same degree, but still a degree that is way too past what USC fans want to hear and way too too past what someone like Clay Helton wants to hear when he's got a huge year coming up.
1: Yeah, I guess my biggest problem is we can, I think there's an explanation for why the offensive line looked as bad as it did in the spring game, but I'm not sure that it's... Like I'm not able to sit here and say if USC had had their first team offensive line out there, we wouldn't have seen Keaton Slovis get sacked or we wouldn't have seen any of the quarterbacks running for their right. lives. Yeah, I ha- I didn't see anything in spring camp to suggest that the guys on USC's offensive line had taken the step forward that they need to take in order to have better results in 2021. And I mean that in in the running game and the, in the pass protection and all of those things. So I think that I think that it's right to go into this year with a ton of skepticism around this offensive line because they need to to prove that that they can make this this leap. And I keep it keeps going back to that thing we're always talking about that this isn't a video game that you don't level up just because you got the experience points of playing in x number of games the year before. Um, experience matters for sure. If you're not a good offensive, if if your offensive linemen aren't good, then they don't magically get good the next year. Something has to ha- click. So that has to be from an individual standpoint where guys hit that next level, or from a coaching standpoint, schematic standpoint, where the 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 staff looks at what went wrong on a on a broader scale and and tweaks and fixes it so that you're putting. Your players into better position to succeed, which has always been my complaint about USC's offensive line is I don't think that the five guys that USC out, has out there are are bad offensive linemen. Um, they all they all bring a certain level of talent to the table. The problem has always been that USC is is either hanging them out to dry or asking them to do things that uh, that that don't make a lot of sense for their skill set, or are schematically um, uh, behind. We talked about that video a few weeks ago that was talking about, you know, in the in the Pac-12 title game, USC had the plan of running to a certain side and pulling a guard and doing all that kind of stuff. They didn't factor in the guy rushing free off the edge and getting into the backfield that, that way. Like, those are the things that USC needs to fix in order for this offensive line to uh, to, to take a step forward to get better. But, where is the proof that that's going to happen? i I have yet to see that proof. And so again, I'll say it again. seeing is believing. and I don't think that's unfair at this point <laughs> with this offensive line. I've given them a lot of benefit of the doubt over the years. so this year i'm not I'm not ready to extend that that grace, and I think it's, you know, uh uh Slibok has USC dropping from nine to thirteen. Yeah. USC should not be top ten until you know that that this offensive line is, is sorted out. USC shouldn't even be top fifteen until you can say with some, some amount of confidence that this offensive line can keep Keaton Slovis upright.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's telling when you look at we talk about Keaton Slovis and JT Daniels and how you compared their spring games. We talked about that you know last month. JT had a hell of a spring game, and then you look at these rankings, Georgia is third. Yeah. Why? Because they can protect in front of him and allow JT Daniels to throw for a million yards in a spring game, and it looks good for rankings. SC cannot do that right now. They can't block uh, cohesively A and B, especially not when the roster uh, goes in a blender, like as if you're a hockey coach putting your teams in a blender after a losing streak.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess and we talked about this after the spring game, but the the positive is that I think USC has a really, a, a, a very uh, intriguing and potentially strong defensive front. And it's possible those guys are just making life difficult for that offensive line. But that USC really needs to live the iron sharpens iron mentality if that's going to be the case. Because if your defensive line is overrunning your offensive line the entire offseason, then that defensive line better be really good and those offensive line better be learning something serious from that otherwise you're not going to have a good season
0: yeah 100 percent. uh by the way the Oregon Ducks at 10 uh Indiana's 11th Cincinnati is at 9 so these are schools that SC should not be behind uh, in the grand scheme of things uh, uh Oregon being ahead is one thing with talent but SC has uh got to have a better season this year so Improve their reputation 100%. Uh, let's talk about the NFL draft. A lot to discuss there. The NFL draft happened over the weekend in Cleveland. All right, Alicia, another year and another year in which SC gets a draft pick. Uh, multiple guys got picked, of course. Elijah Vera Tucker goes 14th overall to the New York Jets. Yet another Trojan picked by the Jets. Leonard Williams, Sam Darnold, Elijah Barrett Tucker. Chuma Just in the Adoga. last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Juma Doga. Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Joe McKnight. Yeah. Is he a jet or a chief first? I don't remember.
1: Uh he was a jet first.
0: Sure. Uh either way, uh ABT, 14th overall as a first rounder. Jay Chafele, who sat out last season. Uh, partially because his sister was dealing with COVID and that was super awful for him and his family. Uh, he went 106 in the fourth round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Duval! Duval, that's right, exactly. Uh, Amara St. Brown somehow goes in the fourth round to the Lions, 112th. Feels low. Uh, and Talano Ufanga somehow went in the fifth round, 180th overall to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Marlon Turipelotu just nine picks later in the sixth round to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Tyler Vaughns and Elijah Griffin both get uh, not regulated, but relegated to the undrafted pool, signing with the Colts and the Bills, respectively.
1: Yeah, so, uh, so USC gets bragging rights because... For the second straight year, they've produced a, a first-round offensive lineman. In fact, a, a you know a top twenty offensive lineman.
0: Isn't that the irony here? It's uh, so about weird. USC's offensive line trouble? Because
1: USC's offensive line has not been good, but yet they're putting good offensive linemen into the league.
0: You know what it is? SC's offensive line is the Mets pitching staff. You're mm-hmm. like, the, the, the there's could... talent. There's talent there. But as it always it. like super hit and miss. But oh, they're going to win the Cy Young with, with Jacob Degrom.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, oh, okay. Jacob Degrom can't win games alone, and Austin right. Jackson and Elijah Vera Tucker couldn't win games alone. And uh, and and I mean, that's what we were just talking about. Like it, it has more. It's not to do with the individual talent. It's it's about how USC is is deploying them and and getting what they can out of them. Uh, so, you know, Elijah Vera Tucker is a, a good offensive lineman, and and I think that it's disappointing that it doesn't look like any of the other linemen from that class are going to uh, develop the way that he did, in the sense that he went from—he was a, a, a strong four-star player that came into USC and looked good, and— um got better, significantly better year after year until he reached the the, the point where he was the best offensive lineman in, in the, uh, well, se- second best offensive lineman in the Pac-12, arguably, uh, behind Panay Sewell. And, like, it would have been nice if if Brett Nealon had gone on that path. And it would have been nice if Andrew Voorhees had gone on that path. And it would have been, and, and Voorhees still could, I think, potentially, but um, Jalen McKenzie and those guys. The problem is that, that, USC I think too often relies on the individual to make that step instead of the team making the individual um, I had uh, we were having this conversation with our our buddy Trent uh, in the in the rock crew about how like USC if USC was a better program, if USC was more successful as a team, there would have been more guys up there with Elijah Vera Tucker in or around the first round or in or around the first two days of the draft. But maybe they would have gotten overdrafted. Maybe they would be perceived as busts because they got overvalued and overhyped. But like, if you're a college, your only job is to get the guy drafted. Your only job is to say, we had this guy go in the first round. And if it turned out that that guy wasn't that good, then doesn't that reflect Better on your program because that means you took a guy who wasn't an all star a- NFL great and you made him look good. Like,
0: yeah, and then you can say, Hey, we got X amount of first rounders, second rounders where the good money is too, which yeah, is a good
1: recruiting Which pitch. is what a recruiting pitch is. But I think where USC is dropping the ball here is that, like, a guy like Jay Tufele shouldn't go in the fourth round, a guy like Amon Ross Brown shouldn't go in the fourth round. And a guy like Telemo Hafanga shouldn't go in the fifth round. Now Hafanga was always going to drop, I think, because his, his in in testing his speed just doesn't look good. Um, but you want that to be like the exception. You want that to be, uh, you know, he's just not fast enough. But like at the same time, like Dwayne Jarrett wasn't fast either, but he still went what second round, third round, whatever it was. So like. If you create, like, you're better off creating the bust if you're getting the most out of the players. USC, even their really good players, they're just not getting enough out of them for them to be overvalued in the draft, which is an indictment on the program to me. Like, I want guys to get overdrafted. I want guys to, to you know, run into that problem of, of, well, was he worth the second round pick? Well, USC convinced you he was, and that's all USC is responsible for. So this draft, I mean USC gets to say that they had six guys drafted. Five guys drafted? Yeah, five guys drafted. And and that's good. I I'm I'm glad to see those guys end up and I think they, you know, Marlon Tupelo could have a great career with the with the Eagles. Um Tufele could be great with the Jags. Uh we'll never know what where he would have gone if he had come back for I, 2020 I mean, I, because I AVT so. wasn't going first round after last year either. So, um, you know, there's some what ifs there, but, uh, I just, I wish that USC were more involved in the first two days of the draft and it's, it's not a coincidence that you see, Ohio- you see Alabama having a million draft picks every year because right. Alabama is the one that's dominating college football.
0: Yeah. And it really, the irony here is that we, we talk about how SC only wins because of their talent. SC does the, like. They have, they still have the best roster in the Pac-12, maybe save for Oregon, and, and this and that. And yet, again, they're getting knocked. These players often get knocked because SC hasn't gotten the most out of them, even though they're super talented, right? Yeah. And it's it's a weird situation SC's in, but it is at least good to produce five draft picks like SC does. Uh, Almanar St. Brown, to me, the most interesting. Going in the fourth round in the Lions, because... Who was the last? I I have someone in mind. I want to know if you agree with me. Who was the last USC wide receiver who went higher than you ever expected? Nelson Aguilar. Yes. Outside of Nelson Aguilar, has anyone gotten drafted where you thought they would?
1: Um, Robert Woods definitely was lower than I thought he should have been. Juju was lower than I thought he should have been. Marquise? Pittman was uh, lower. Marquise was lower. Um, Burnett didn't get drafted. Uh, I'm just trying to think of. Star. We thought
0: Darius Rodgers might be a late round draft pick. Maybe. Yeah,
1: possibly. Uh, but Darius Rodgers also had really the speed was just not right.
0: But we thought for I, I thought that Deontay Burnett would get drafted somewhere. Yeah, same. same. Didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. To be fair to Almon Ra in a different wide receiver class, he probably goes at least a round earlier. This was just a stupid deep wide receiver class
0: and it has been the last two years yeah the same with the thing with michael pittman
1: yeah so you know that's that's a reality i i I don't regret i mean i i I don't think you knock amon ra on that one um but it's just it's it's the reality but amon ra is at a disadvantage that like someone like amari rogers wasn't that someone like Terrace marshall wasn't
0: well. Well, that's the thing. Like, like if you would ask me who I want as my wide receiver, Amon Ra St. Brown or Amari Rogers, I'm taking Amon Ra. Yeah, am I crazy to say that? But uh, Amari Rogers gets picked first,
1: yeah. And part of that is because Amari Rogers is playing in the playoff and on an offense that was, you know, among, one you know, in in conversations as, as uh, contenders and all of that. So Amon Ra was probably hurt by... Former USC commit, by the way. Yes. Well, T. Martin's son. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Interesting situation. I, I I, think the Lions are getting a good one with, with Amon Ra. He seems like someone who's just going to be in the league forever. The,
1: my problem with him ending up with the Lions... And and it's my same problem with, with ABT going to the Jets.
0: Don't say it about J.T. Feli going to the Jags.
1: I won't say it about J.T. Fowler going to the Jags. Thank but... You. um it it just i don't trust those franchises and uh, like Amon Ra, i worry that the lions are where wide receivers go like calvin johnson was like a ridiculous ridiculous talent and he wallowed in detroitness and
0: yes but also like
1: like I don't, Amon Ra isn't Calvin Johnson. No, so like, no,
0: I think you can feel bad for Calvin Johnson uh, and for Bernie Sanders. Ber- Bernie Sanders. Ber- wow. Okay. I, I mean, saying? Barry Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, you can feel bad for Bernie Sanders and his <laughs> cold hands inside both, those
0: mittens. Both blue, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're just not going there. <laughs> uh, no, uh, you, you can feel bad for Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders, but like, Didn't they also prove that you can be ridiculously productive? Like you can make an argument that if you if you had to pick an all time starting five ever in the history of the game, Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders are probably on your offense, are they not?
1: Well, I wouldn't have a starting five. I think that would be a serious disadvantage on a football field. But yeah, I mean, I think you can make an argument for Calvin Johnson and Barry Sanders to be on your roster of an all time team. Yeah.
0: No, they were but, the best other position but, at the time that they
1: Ra- played. But right? Amon-Ra isn't Calvin Johnson, though. Like, no, not, right. I think he could be a productive. I th- I agree with you. I think I think it's more like I, I am more certain that Amon-Ra Saint Brown will just be a productive receiver in the NFL, like qui- quietly productive, and end up finishing his career in 15 years. He gets with,
0: to play Aquamanius twice a year.
1: Yeah, that's true. But uh, I just the Lions are just not. That the, doesn't move the needle for me uh and with ABT in New York, you know, the Jets, I just you know, it's a wash. Stop picking Trojans. I'm tired of it. I just don't like to see it.
0: <laughs> it's certainly a lot in New York when you look at the Giants uh who have Leonard Williams and Adoree Jackson. So, uh yeah, that's how the draft uh worked out for SC uh, in 2021.
1: Well, for the guys who did get drafted. Yeah. The guys who didn't get drafted. Um Tyler Vaughn's, I think we had talked about last year the idea that he could just come out because he wasn't go- he wasn't going to uh change his draft draftability he was always going to have a speed problem he was always going to have a size problem i mean people talk about like um devonte smith being too small and just too gangly like tyler vons was was that guy too so like we didn't think tyler vons was going to be able to improve his draft stock and that that isn't what happened with him coming back.
0: Tyler is unfortunately a, a tweener for a receiver which, yeah. which sucks because that means you're going to be highly productive in college as he was. And yeah. he was great, but it weirdly doesn't translate just, to the NFL. And hopefully unless I'm you wrong. have a lot of speed yeah. and uh, he
1: doesn't have, the yeah, speed, and hopefully so. we're wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, he we'll, could, be, we'll he I could end up being a very yeah. productive receiver. It's not all about physical attributes all right. the time. Uh, and, and he goes to the Colts. Well, he'll, he'll get to be a teammate of Michael Pittman and we'll see what he gets to do. I think the one that you highlight here is Elijah Griffin because he leaves early. Elijah Griffin is way too athletically gifted to have gone undrafted. Like that's like someone made a mistake telling him that he could go out. Now, I am sympathetic to the idea of some guys are just they are not interested in going to school and just want to get going on their NFL careers. And if that's the case, then more power to you. But Elijah Griffin left a lot of money on the table by not coming back to USC because there's like, him going undrafted is is inexcusable from a from a from the perspective of like he should have been drafted like it's just you should you should you should be able to convince someone to take a flyer on you at, at, when right. you're that athletically gifted.
0: Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what what comes of it. I think it, he could be someone who ends up with the he, could end, good career. There, he could end up being great. There he could end up being had
1: really great.
0: Someone go to the Bills and have a really good career yeah. named uh, Nickel Roby Coleman.
1: Coleman, yeah. yeah. And things, were but the, and Roby came out early as well, and it was kind of different though too because Nickel Roby wasn't going to get any it, taller. It was a size thing? For, yeah. with, with him for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know.
0: It's a size thing for. It's for not OG. a size thing
1: for OG. No, yeah. I think so, it's just a he didn't prove himself. Uh, uh, you know, from a technical and and all of that kind of perspective, he also you know missed the pro day because of uh, COVID tests. So
0: yeah, I, it's I'm not, a weird. You I'm know, I'm not in the camp of saying that you know this was strictly on him for for coming out too early. Um, and and maybe I'm just pessimistic here, but. What was he going to gain by coming back? I
1: I think he could have gained a lot. Another we, season. We say of, this
0: every year though, but, but how have. many guys come ADT'd. back and actually
1: Marlon okay. Tupelotu probably wasn't gonna get drafted if he had come out last year.
0: He was still a sixth rounder.
1: Yeah, but he got drafted.
0: And I I just don't like I, I don't know. That, uh, we, I we, think we can't, we can't sit here and say that SC doesn't develop these guys. Yeah, that's and, fair. And then sit here and say, well, if they were to come back, they would have got they would have got upgraded because it's not a video game. Like like we've said, like right. you, there's no guarantee that he would have taken a step forward, yeah. especially when you look at SC's roster, um, and there is Cristiel there. There is, now, I'm not saying that he was going to lose his starting job or anything, but like there's Cristiel, there's ITS, there's. There's young players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh seen, Jackson. Josh Jackson had a hell of a spring, right? There's young players with with opportunities, right? And so, I, I just I, I like know. I said, I
1: don't I don't begrudge you guys. If 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 the decision is made that I'm I'm not interested in being in school, then I think don't waste your time. Then, uh, so and and I I suspect that that's probably I don't know, but I suspect that that's what what happened there. But uh, it is it is always disappointing when you see somebody like OG right. but, not get drafted.
0: Yeah. But, but we always say
1: it might be better to be an undrafted free agent than a seventh round draft pick. So whatever.
0: Right, because you get to choose where you go. And yeah. and even though I don't know <laughs> why anyone would choose Buffalo, but that's just me. Uh but the
1: they, other they're thing, they're a playoff team. Yeah, I
0: know.
1: I, I mean still, you may, maybe Buffalo. don't want to live in Buffalo, but they're right. competitive.
0: Uh the the other thing is that you look at it and you go, well, I don't know that we can judge it when he didn't have a pro day. I don't know that, that he's someone who would have, like, skyrocketed with a pro day or anything, but I think that it definitely does not help. Does not help you.
1: Well, yeah, because USC had scouts from all over the league at the, at the pro yeah, day. In a, in
0: a season in which SC only played a handful of games, like, it's... Things were not exactly set up here for, for Elijah Griffin yeah. to surge up.
1: Would you be in favor? Would you be in favor of a rule that would allow players who went undrafted to come back to school? Yes. Same. I would very much support that rule in both basketball and.
0: uh, And I'm really curious if that's going to be able to happen when um, the name, image, and likeness stuff changes, uh, and when players are allowed to to you know get payment for things Mm -hmm. because if that allows you to sign an agent then the whole well they sign an agent thing no longer matters right so i think it's possible i mean i selfishly because i love college football i want the baseball rule yeah in in the sense of okay you know what uh you can get drafted and then just wait and see do you want to sign or not yeah uh, and at the end wait, I got, would never sign on for that. Wait, anyway. I
1: got drafted by the Jets? Uh, I'm going to come back to school for one more year.
0: <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I mean, or you can just pull an Elway.
1: Yeah, that's true. An
0: Eric Lindros. You don't Philip get that Rivers? Right. You
1: do get
0: that right. Sure. Rivers didn't do it. It was, it was, uh, it was
1: Eli. Eli, that's right. Yeah. Eli was that the- That infamous
0: the... picture of yeah. uh, him in a Charger.
1: Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Hall of Fame Charger quarterback Eli <laughs> Manning. Uh, Talking about next year's NFL draft. Uh, looking at the way too early picks. Uh, here we go. Keaton Slovis. The Sporting News has him as the number two pick to the Lions, where he could potentially be throwing mm-hmm. balls to Alan Ross St. Brown. Uh, CBS has him ninth to the Raiders. Saints nineteenth to Bleacher Report. What am I doing? I can't read.
1: Nineteenth to the Saints, according to Bleacher Report.
0: Yes, that's right. (laughs) Uh, Which would be interesting because he wears number nine for Drew Brees, so there he would go uh, and uh, take over for Drew Brees, potentially. Pretty legit. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. There was a lot
1: of talk about the Saints potentially taking a quarterback in this draft, and they didn't, so.
0: They didn't do it. Uh, Or Fox Sports says he could go 21st to the Broncos. Then there's Drake Jackson getting first-round love. Uh, Bleacher Report says eighth to the Giants. CBS eleventh to the Falcons, Fox Sports twelfth to the Vikings, Sporting News thirteenth to the Cardinals with Cliff Kingsbury, his former offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that Drake Jackson and Cliff Kingsbury had. Hey, technically, much of a-
0: Kingsbury signed him. Technically. technically, we want to be technical here.
1: Technically, um, so the uh. It's interesting. I think that it's pretty much well-established that Keaton Slovis is in the running to be one of the top quarterbacks selected in the in the 2022 NFL draft. Sam Howell is usually ahead of him. Uh, I saw one mock draft that had JT Daniels go number one. Um, uh, Spencer Radler from Oklahoma is, is definitely mentioned in there. So it's, it's going to be a pretty big year for Keaton. This is kind of make or break because... If he looks good enough, he'll be a first round guy. And if he doesn't, I think if he has a repeat of the 2019 season, of the 2020 season, I mean, I think he's going to slide. And so it'll be this this year really matters. He needs to prove that that arm is good, that his arm is right, um, and that uh, that he can make you know make the right decisions and make all the throws and you know do everything he needs to do. The problem for Keaton is what we spent a large chunk of the start of this episode talking about like Keen's going to be running for his life potentially this year and hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy but there are no guarantees there so there's a lot at stake not just for USC here but like for Keaton Slovis because you know the difference between being the number uh 40 pick and the number two pick is
0: just huge and then we talk about the whole development thing uh, When was the last time a USA quarterback improved in year two? I'm... No, not in year two. Sorry. Improved from the following year.
1: Okay, so Matt... I have an answer. Well, c- it's, it's... Cody Cody Kessler... Cody
0: Kessler in year two from year but, one as but, a starter. Yes, except that... He co- took a huge jump.
1: Except that USA quarterbacks have a bad habit of having their last year be their worst year. Yes. So, Sam Darnold's last year was his worst
0: year. Of the two, yeah. Cody
1: Kessler's worst year was a step back from the year before.
0: Okay, I don't know that his last year was his worst. His first year was...
1: His first year wasn't good, but like...
0: But but he definitely took a step back. But he took a step
1: back. Just like Matt Barkley, his first year... His second year was better than his first year. His third year was the peak, and then his fourth year was a step back. So, like, I guess the question is... And
0: Slovis took a step back from year one.
1: Yes. So is is then he going to rebound up or is this a trajectory in the wrong direction?
0: Who's taking a step down and then back up?
1: Well, who's had the career trajectory of, uh, I mean, the career tra- trajectory is not comparable to the other quarterbacks. To, to anybody,
0: no. Yeah. The only one I can think was maybe a, a down and then up, maybe you can t- make an argument about Carson Palmer. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It. It's just it's gonna be so difficult because I think Keaton's Keaton's life isn't gonna be easy. Now, if he succeeds, it'll be extremely impressive. Uh it helps that he has someone like Drake London who, by the way, if if we had to predict, name one player that will be in this first round discussion that isn't being talked about in the first round discussion, Drake London is my dude. Like Drake London to me
0: What do you mean he's not being discussed in the first round?
1: He's none of these mock drafts had Drake London in the first round.
0: You know, there's too many Drakes on this team. You
1: confused Drake Jackson for Drake London, did I you not? I did. Yes. The Cliff I, I'm Kingsbury I'm reference like... makes so much more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't
0: going to correct
1: me? No, I was confused.
0: Oh, like my God. Drake Jackson wasn't. Whatever. Okay. Um, you, you know, <laughs> a lot of people listen to this podcast. And the other thing <laughs> I was going to say uh, it was, was that I was looking at it and I was thinking, like, it, it's. It's you, you put talk about Drake London in the first round, but like, let's be real, uh, a USC wide receiver is not going in the first round because they never do, with the exception of Nelson Aguilar. Of
1: all of the ones, of all of the ones, Nelson Aguilar, like that to me, because Nelson Aguilar was a more impressive return man than he was a receiver to me.
0: 100, you're telling me that in the last what 17 drafts, Nelson Aguilar is. The highest is the guy to be the first rounder. Yeah, no other wide receiver. Not
1: Marquise Lee. Not Juju Smith Schuster. Not Mark Michael Pittman. Not Robert Woods.
0: No, not Steve Smith. Not not Dwayne Dwayne Jarrett. Jarrett. Yeah, (laughs) like what? (laughs) Nelson Aguilar overall. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar was good. Yeah, no, Nelson
1: was great, but but like he wasn't. He's not one of the great greatest wide receiver. Like he's behind all of those guys that we already mentioned. Right. Yeah. So you know, it's just weirdness. Well, I mean, what? Either way, like Drake London. I think if we're gonna talk about a guy who could potentially uh, make that leap, I think Drake London has a lot of what it'll take to to draw that kind of attention. Um, we'll see if if USC is able to thrive with with him and Slovis together. Maybe they they lift each other into that first round together. But uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's gonna be what it uh, what it's gonna be, but. Uh, I think Drake Drake Jackson is also a no brainer. Yeah, Drake Jackson sure. is the equivalent of Austin Jackson, just for the symmetry. Again,
0: a Drake, a Drake, a Jackson, a Jackson. Yeah, SC just had an Elijah. Two Elijahs get uh, one drafted, one didn't, and yeah. neither of them spell the name with the name. name. name.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, uh, Nico just, Fala and Fala Nico. Yeah, Falanico. All sorts uh, of all sorts geez. of name games there. But uh, Drake Jackson to me is Austin Jackson in the sense that like. It, it almost doesn't matter what the those are the kind of guys that it almost doesn't matter what they do. Drake Jackson will be a first round draft pick, I think, In because his spot, he's getting drafted. yeah, he's just he's his potential is getting drafted. Yeah. So um, he obviously has to have a you know a, we expect him to have a good year. He's he's a I good mean, player. Why
0: Batiko didn't get drafted?
1: My worry, well, <laughs> Drake Jackson is already <laughs> miles ahead of Will Batiko. My worry is that Drake Jackson has now sort of dealt with nagging hamstring issues and. I just I hate put Bruce McCoy in this in this subject as well. Uh, when guys deal with those kinds of things, I'm just always holding my breath.
0: You know, I was thinking the other day about the great trade, uh, <laughs> Wole and uh, and <laughs> Wole Batiku and, and Mike Juarez. Mike Juarez. and the 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 two five stars that were committed to the other the other rival school and then flipped. From SC to UCLA, UCLA to SC. And neither of them did anything.
1: Not a uh, damn thing.
0: <laughs> and sometimes football isn't what you expect. Uh, and and yes, recruiting stars still matter. But um, yeah, it happens at that time sometimes. So uh, we'll see what happens in next year's NFL draft after this year, uh, the 2021 USC football season. Uh, we've said it a million times over. We'll say it again. Yet another year. That should be a referendum on the Clay Halton era. We'll see. Uh, And a big year for USC, a big year for Graham Harrell, big year for Keaton Slovis. What can this offense do uh, in year three of the air raid? Don't call it an air raid, but really it's an air raid, but really it's not an air raid. Same time. And uh, the Trojans looking to uh, build on last year and potentially win the conference this year, uh, unlike last season. So that's going to wrap up this episode. Thanks for listening as always. We couldn't do this podcast without you. Our bonus episodes over on Patreon, patreon.com slash of Troy. Remember, this episode was brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped, where you can get 20% off with free shipping with the promo code FANSIDED20, E D two zero. Get 20% off your order and free shipping, manscaped.com. At least you got a final word.
1: The final word is first rounder.
0: It's two words.
1: Well, it's a hyphenated. It's a, the, the first dash rounder. First first rounder for first rounder.
0: Is it like a like as an Icelandic U- name? First rounder.
1: <laughs> yes, exact first rounder. Uh, as in Ohio State didn't have a ton of first rounders this year, which means USC is still within touching distance of getting that first round record back from Ohio State. But oh boy, should you look out for Alabama because they are making a dang run at it. They overtook Ohio. They t- overtook Notre Dame for third place all time this year. So, saying
0: uh, SC is trying to buck the Buckeyes from that
1: Yes, exactly what I'm trying to say.
0: Uh, we will see you next time. See Yeah. yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is a special episode coming to you on Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Mike Castillo, joined with my co-host, Alisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, this is going to be one of those really fun podcasts I think we're going to want to go back to, listen to forever, because we're going to be talking about history.
1: Yeah, we're finally doing the thing that you've wanted to do, Forever, like, like in the first year of the
0: podcast. <laughs> this is true in more ways than one, yes. Uh, I'm super excited to get to it. We got a voicemail from our friend Dave in Orange County. Let's roll the tape. Rainnash Troy Radio, what's up? This is Dave from Orange County. It's been a minute since I called in, so I thought now would be the perfect time to give a call so I could give a hearty congratulations to Alicia for her wonderful career opportunity that she's got. We're so happy for you and all your success. You You definitely deserve it. Personally, I'd like to be a little selfish in my in my happiness that the podcast is going to go on strong with the two of you because it it just wouldn't be the same without without Alicia and Michael. So I'd like to make a little humble request, if I will, maybe about a podcast retrospective, if you will. I'll walk down memory lane, where you guys can talk about the origins of of the podcast and the website, and how it's basically grown uh, up to the amazing rock community that we got now. So, if you don't mind blessing us with that podcast, so we'd be we be super stoked to hear it. Other than that, fight out.
1: Oh, it's so good to hear a fight out from Dave and Orange County. It's been a while, right? It has been. It's it's. I mean, the season ended. Um, I think everyone with regard to USC football is. Uh how how do we describe the current state of USC football? Walking not, not on great. walking on eggshells or a little bit. just sort of bracing for impact? Nerve-wracking,
0: sure.
1: Uh, I mean, but nerve-wracking is probably too strong of a word because I think there's also a malaise that that's going on with with the fan base. Sure. Uh so like I don't I don't blame Dave in Orange County for not calling in. Um but call in more often Dave in Orange County because <laughs> I love to hear your fight out
0: Yeah, and more importantly, talking about the origins of the podcast.
1: Yes, which, like I said, you literally, you always love the origin story podcast of the podcast that you listen to. Yes. And you have mentioned on many occasions in the past that you would love to do something like that for Rot if we ever got to a point where we had enough to do a retrospective. And lo and behold, we're in 2021, which is still wild to me that we're in 2021, um i remember when what class was david sills in uh
0: 2015 he
1: was 2015 and he committed
0: in like 2010 2010?
1: i just remember david sills committing and it was like he he's in the class of 2015 like that's so far away and now we're far farther away from the class of 2015 than we were at that point when he committed to usc like it's it's
0: insane completely insane uh I have been a part of the Reign of Troy website at least since uh 2011 uh the end of 2011 so this is going to be like the, time. the the 10th season uh that we'll be putting together uh content over there you joined us in 2012 and the first time you and I ever met was uh November uh November 12th 2012 what, what do you remember about that day
1: it was, what game was it? Arizona?
0: Arizona State.
1: Arizona State. It homecoming. W- it was Homecoming, and I got a ticket, because at the time I wasn't going to games. Um, I got a ticket because my one of my roommates, uh, former roommates, was in band, and they were coming back for Homecoming to play in the Homecoming, you know, the, the, the halftime show, and they had an extra ticket. And, and uh, she hit me up and was like, hey, you want to go to the USC game? And I'm like, hell yeah, I do. So I ended up going, and I remember that we agreed to meet by the Finger Fountain.
0: Yes, and full disclosure, I barely knew what the Finger Fountain was. Yes, because you we were <laughs> with our friend Trinice, and she's like, "You don't know the Finger Fountain? It's yeah, over here. Right? It must
1: just be like a campus living yeah. thing because you use the Finger Fountain as a point of like we're going to meet at the Finger Fountain. To or, me,
0: that's over by the Shrine.
1: Yeah, I just that's not that's not the, that's not the C- sort of nomenclature problems yeah. commuter student. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. so me and trenise end up meeting you over by the finger fountain we pick you up you were we stranded you there for a while uh, yeah, well because you, you were waiting
1: because it was after the game right so like yeah. i am walking through campus uh after the game is over and i've just got time to kill so i was sort of like strolling through campus and
0: you you had had been writing for the site for a little bit for a few months for a few months and this is the first time we were going to all meet up and
1: actually i wanted to i wanted to say I, i just sort of think back that first time that i wrote for the site so i had written um i had gotten one summer um i didn't have a job that summer and uh i had actually gotten fired from my previous job um and I think I think I was sort of like just like messed up from it uh, because it, it was just like a traumatic thing for me to have gotten fired, and and it was a stupid job at Universal Studios, but whatever. Um, and it was for a very very stupid reason. Uh, but whatever, I'm over it.
0: <laughs> and that'll be an, an extra bonus. That's episode. an
1: extra bonus episode. My my <laughs> my troubles at uh, Universal Studios. Uh, but either way, I think I had been like traumatized by it, and I didn't want to get another job. I was sort of like slow playing the idea of getting a summer job. And I had started writing, uh, so that would have to be in 2011. And I started writing um, my own little like Google blog. It was called the Cardinal and Gold Rule. And it was just like my commitment, okay, if I'm not going to be working this summer, then I'm going to be doing something productive. And so I started just sort of blogging about USC. And um, I wrote a few things, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. But I saw that Reign of Troy was looking for writers and I figured that you know keeping up with my little blog was sort of it it wasn't making much sense and I thought like oh that's a cool platform so I applied and then I got contacted by Trinice, I think first and it was like okay cool and I think I was writing a one uh, once a week I was writing a like a slideshow. You, You
0: were writing USC wins if I think? Yeah. Something no. Like
1: that? No. Uh, yeah. It was. It was something. Something like. Uh. Something like a keys for the game, but yeah. Something s- put with a, d- a different that? kind of uh, skin on but it. Basically, it was basically. like a Monday type thing. It right? was a Monday. Yeah. yeah it was. A, I think so it was. It a, if, it no, was no. 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 Like no. It was something like what we learned.
0: Oh, what it means for the next. game.
1: Yeah. What we learned from the last game yeah, and what right. it means for the next game. Right. So it was kind of a Monday Tuesday thing, and it was sort of bringing together the stuff from Saturday with the preview stuff from the next week. Um, right. So I had been sort of writing, and I, so, but I was very vaguely familiar with, with you and Trinise. Like, not very yeah. much at all. And
0: I, me being an introvert, deathly terrified of meeting Oh, people. and I
1: was deathly terrified of meeting you.
0: So uh, I'm Well, it's good. So we end up going to El Cholo. Yes. Uh, One of my, are you, probably my favorite Are restaurant. you going to tell the story that you always... That you've yeah, tell the story. Okay. So we go to El Cholo. You get a Chilriano plate. Yes. And... People, I swear to God, <laughs> she ate the entire thing, completely licked the plate clean. Like,
1: I mean, not literally licked the plate clean, but it was very, it was, like, it
0: looked like it was it, the plate a needed, brand new plate. The plate
1: needed a rinse, and that's it. Like, they no scraping or anything like that. It just was a rinse.
0: pristine. The, the, the work you put in on that plate was insane, right? Yeah. Me being someone who, whenever I've gone. Uh, to uh, uh, some sort of a meal with uh a friend who, who's a girl it's, of the female persuasion. Yes, there you go. It's always one of those things where three bites and that's it. Trinice, I love Trinice. Yeah, notorious for this. <laughs> like to the point where I'm thinking, like, oh, what's the point of even ordering anything? Like, what the hell, right? You just complete. I'm like. This is cool. This is somebody who actually has an appetite that's actually kind of cool. No, well, now fast forward many years later. I've yet to see you complete a plate since. <laughs> that was the only time ever.
1: I just, I laugh because I, you told me that you were so impressed with me the first time we met. 100%. Specifically because of the eating the, the whole plate
0: thing. Which and, is weird, I know. And
1: it just made me laugh so hard because, like, I am one of those sort of pigeon eaters who, like, pick, like, if I eat half a sandwich, then that's, like, a sign that I was actually hungry. Um, so, yeah, I am very much a... I always have leftovers. I never finish a plate. Portions, I generally uh, do small. But I will say, uh, the magic that happened that day was that, A, El Cholo's Chilorano plate is very good. It's just a ch- single Chilorano though. No, not-
0: El Cholo in general. Elite.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, that goes without saying. But um, a Chilorano single... Not a large one, either with rice and beans and when i'm nervous i fixate on eating because it's something to do and so we were having a good conversation but also it was like you know like i just wanted to i was eating just nervous eating and also now that i'm thinking about it i was at a football game i don't get food at football games so i hadn't eaten until you know in the in the morning i would have eaten so i probably was very hungry
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, this is
1: the content that the people wanted to find out with the podcast. 100%.
0: Yes, this is exactly it. Uh, So we have a good time. Uh, The next week, SC Plays UCLA doesn't end up well. You run the Twitter account for the first time. And really, from then on. Which was also
1: very nerve wracking because, yes, because you had told me that, like, we have a very specific, like, no all caps, don't be too fanny. Like, and I didn't know what was pushing it too far. Like what was acceptable and what was not like cracking that whip. Yeah. You were, you're very much in the crack the whip <laughs> cracker on the social media front.
0: Uh, so things just really snowballed from there in the sense that you ended up doing more and more for the site. Uh, a couple months later, you become uh, the editor. Uh Trinise, that was over the summer. Yeah. Tr- Trinise had too much on her plate with school and whatnot. Uh, and so you and I were co-editors for reign of Troy uh, the following year, we started to do rock trips. First rock trip uh, is up to Cal, November of 2013. Uh, and I remember a very specific moment. Uh, that Friday, driving up to Cal. You, uh, our, our friend Trenise lives up in NorCal at the time. We had to drive all the way there. I'm thinking, I got to be in the car <laughs> with six hours with this person. Yeah. How would me, who we still- definitely afraid, Mister, someone who deals with social anxiety and an introvert and all that stuff. Like, how am I going to keep conversation? Well, it wasn't a problem. You and I had a great day. We dro- drove all the way there. Uh, Trinice was going to Cal at the time, actually, so she had to cover a football game, uh, like so, a high school football yeah, game. Yeah, you and I went there uh, to the football game. We sat there and watched the football game, and it was in that moment that I knew that I was smitten.
1: (laughs) Oh, is this becoming a relationship story now too? It might be, who knows?
0: (laughs) It was that moment that I knew that I was smitten because we were talking about everything uh, about sports, about our lives, everything, and everything seemed to click. I knew I had a a strong connection with you. I knew that you were going to be someone that I wanted to be around for a long time. So we end up being say, really good friends after that.
1: I'd say yeah. I'd say before that trip we were friendly. I think after that trip we were um I, I think we became very good friends. Well I, I think was th- that had to have been the same year that we went to the Vegas Bowl, right?
0: Yeah. The Vegas because Bowl I think, was a month later.
1: Yes, because I think what I think that trip re- we really became good friends and then I think the Vegas Bowl trip was when we very much solidified like, no, like we could be best friends
0: yeah and and that was that was awesome and I thoroughly enjoyed that uh and here we are you know uh six we're well, gonna pass forward six years later that's tw- November of uh 2019 um and I said I didn't want to be friends anymore. I said that you and I need to take uh our connection to the next level, and you agreed <laughs> you actually agreed i agreed you agreed. Yeah. Uh,
1: after and, after years of sitting uh, hopelessly in the friend zone.
0: Sure. Uh, thanks. Just <laughs> now's not the time. <laughs> Anyways, so the, the more I think about it, here we are uh, a year and a half later. It's May 2nd, 2021. And I think it's time to evolve again. So this is when I got to adjust the microphone here. Basically, I go to ask you. One more time, if you wanted to evolve like Pokemon or something. Oh my god! Do you want to take what we have, uh, our relationship, and go to the next level? And will you marry me?
1: Yes! Oh my god!
0: She said yes, folks. She said yes.
1: What? Oh my god! Well, put it on. Oh my God, is which hand is it? (laughs) Oh my God, it's so pretty. Oh man, (laughs) that's amazing. (laughs) Is that why you asked for you about my birthstone?
0: Well, yes.
1: (laughs) You can stand up. (laughs) I love you. I love you. <laughs> Are we seriously podcasting right now? Oh, we might be. Like, is this actually going out?
0: I uh, it might be. Oh my gosh. When did you get it? Uh, oh, last week. <laughs>
1: okay, I've gotta describe the ring. It's um it's a silver band uh with a um
0: it's With, it's
1: white gold. Okay, white gold. I'm not a jewelry person, so I don't know the exact way to describe this, but it's it's white gold and it's got a a sapphire in the middle that's surrounded by what would we say two rows of diamonds yeah. of 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 uh of diamonds and then there's like a like the sides the diamonds come down. This is oh my gosh, I'm so happy.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> Awesome! I am so glad. So, oh my god, that was such a good proposal, though. She didn't know it was coming. I folks. didn't
1: know it was coming. Wait, how, when did you decide you were going to do it? Oh, Hold oh on. Now god. we need a proposal retrospective. I need to know. I need to know everything.
0: You need to know. Okay, what kn- do you, what do you knows? Know? Everybody knows.
1: Who did? Why? What did? Who did you tell?
0: The people are not coming for game night. <laughs> You're kidding me. No, everybody <laughs> knows. <laughs> uh do my parents know your your parents know yes did you tell my dad yeah we, i i went to your parents house no you didn't i swear to god when yes. did you do that last week when you were at uh when you were working out
1: no yes you no yes
0: <laughs> for real yes oh my gosh so <laughs> why, do you, why do you think Andy was messaging you wanting to know what was going on?
1: I didn't know why my brother was messaging me wanting to know what was going on. You don't know my brother. He constantly texts me to say, hi, what's up? <laughs> it was not out of well, the ordinary. Good.
0: I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> so today's going to be a party.
1: Oh my it's gonna gosh. Be a good time. We spent the whole day cleaning. Now it makes sense why you said that we had to podcast because
0: well obviously i had to set it up and the the worrying part for me was how are we gonna stick to this like like i was worried like you were gonna be like oh we don't have enough time we're, we're gonna have to well, do it I another do,
1: day. i do that a lot too i do like I, 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 I often am the one that says you know it's just not gonna we just can't record right now there's too much going on but the good news is we did okay so back back, back st- i can't believe this podcast but this is so fitting it's us right it's it's us us. no i I, genuinely like this was literally the sweetest way you could have proposed
0: she's smiling
1: i'm i'm so happy like like
0: her face is red it's like
1: i'm not not gonna lie like you and i have had conversations uh when we got together um i think we both agreed that we were all in i mean you had been all in for a long time um I, Since
0: November 2013, obviously, <laughs> clearly,
1: and I, I, um, when I ended my previous relationship, I knew that you were going to be hovering. Um, I knew that you were going to shoot hovering? your hovering. Sh- no, I knew that you were going to shoot your shot again. Okay. And I was very worried because I didn't want to jump into another relationship. I didn't want, like, if, if it happened with you, I didn't want it to be a rebound. And I wanted it, I wanted to be certain about where we stood, like, as friends and as people and as, you know, in all the future. Right. And, like, so when I, when I basically made the decision to say, yes, I can be in a relationship with Michael, it was very much a, I am all in. I am marrying this man. Like, that's it. And, and today you agree we have had conversations in the past about we want to get married and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I I had thought, like, OK, so if he proposes, how is he going to do it? And I thought,
0: like, trust me, I've wondered this forever and I wanted to do it in a way that I thought would be special and meaningful, uh, but also a way that was very us Um and I thought this was—I thought this was. It. Yeah,
1: no, this is perfect. Everyone I, thought, I
0: talked to you seemed 11.
1: No, this is amazing. I'm so happy. But She's the ba- happy the, folks. The backstory here is that Michael and I our place has been an absolute dumpster for weeks because we've just been too. I've been so busy with my new my new gig at work and. Just everything that's been going on, our ho- the house had just gotten crazy. So we set up a game night with friends. I thought we were setting up a game night with friends because we've always wanted to do a game night.
0: I mean, it's still going to be a game night, but like. Oh,
1: yes, but, but like for me, it was like we had this urgency to get the house clean this whole week because we had people coming over for game night. So like we've literally spent the entire morning. I was out in the patio just like, like. I'm now glad I I was sweaty and dirty and gross and I threw on a, a new shirt and a new pair of pants and when we sat down to the, do this. I'm now glad I'm not a complete and utter wreck. I mean, I'm still a wreck, but
0: <laughs> it was funny because when I was talking to your parents, I'm like, I don't know, doing the proposal when you know we're just at home in sweatpants or whatever it might be a little weird. But it's us.
1: <laughs> it's, oh my gosh, it's very us. Yeah, 100%. it's very us. I'm not even wearing sweatpants, so I kind of ruined it because I swapped out of them. I
0: know, had complete ruin Just in everything.
1: Com- ruin everything. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right, folks, this is going to wrap up the proposal <laughs> podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: That's why you didn't do the. Uh, hold on. Wait, was David in, in on it? Yes, Dave was. Oh in on my it. gosh, Dave. No, <laughs> when true to form, true to us too. For the record, true to Michael. The it took us three takes, four takes to yeah, start the a, podcast. A, a
0: few takes for sure. And I
1: was sitting here going like, wh- "That's wh- why is he starting the podcast? Like, uh, like, um, welcome to the welcome back to the podcast. Like, it, like, why is he like not just coming out and saying it's a retrospective? Like, I thought it was that's why because it's the proposal podcast. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> that's right.
1: Oh my gosh. Oh my god." I love you. I love you, too. I'm so glad that we got to do this. This Me is perfect.
0: Too. And I'm glad you listening got to enjoy it. I'm trip. so
1: glad our listeners got to be part of this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm just so glad. I'm so happy. We're having a rot wedding. A
0: rot wedding. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go like the red wedding, but.
1: Well, ugh. <laughs> you know, what's a wedding without a few stabby stabs? Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. See ya.